Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, and thank you all for tuning into the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 105th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing that we have in store for y'all this week is some UFC. Uh, we have a pay per view. Uh, it's about to happen this Saturday. Uh, should be a pretty good one. Uh, Darnell, just what do you think about the card, man? I mean, fun card. Uh, of course, everybody knows it took a little bit of a hit uh, with the uh, lightweight title fight being changed quickly because uh, Tony Ferguson had a freak injury on a TV set. Uh, I was on so a TV set. He he was doing uh, interviews or something and saw somebody he knew and took a bad turn and tore his knee. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, total freak injury. That fight is cursed, it seems. Yeah, um, I guess. But yeah, overall, though, uh, it's, it's in New York, so you knew they were going to try to put as much fun in the fights as they could, and I, I think they accomplished that. Uh, there's even some of the lower fights where people might not be known. I think we might get some really nice scraps. Yeah, I can agree with that for sure. Um, let's get right into it, man. Uh, we have a rematch, um, start off for the co-main event with JJ versus Rose, uh, for the women's title. Um, just what are your thoughts on this rematch, man? Sure is on JJ for this one to see how she bounces back from a loss. Uh, I mean, a lot of times dominant champions, when they take that first L, it could be hard from them to, from them to bounce back. You have some champions that do, uh, like a GSP or uh, I would even say Daniel Cormier. Cormier, outside of him fighting John Jones, he's come back from his losses uh, pretty well. Uh, or could she be like Ronda Rousey, who you know, took that first loss and it was kind of downhill from there? Yeah. So it's kind of looking to see what we get out of it. So I think there's a lot of pressure on her to – come back from this uh, and see if it's still the JJ we know. Yeah. Man, I was thinking, um, is there anything in your opinion um, worse um, in the uh, MMA realm um, than somebody tapping out the punches? Uh, I mean, it, I can see how a lot of people see it as just a coward's way out, but I mean, you got to look at it. You getting pounded in the face. Yeah. <laughs> when you're disoriented and you have no way of really defending yourself, I, mean, I guess I I don't have the biggest problem with it, but I do understand how some people see it as like a coward's way out of a fight. Yeah, I, I can understand. You know what you're saying. You know, from the uh, safety standpoint and everything like that. You know, those punches and everything add up, um, especially when you're already dazed and you know. You don't know what they're hitting you with or anything like that. But um, it was just very surprising um, coming from a girl like JJ. Um, she's going to go down, in my opinion, in the history as one of the best uh, women fighters um, in the UFC history. Uh, she's just been handling her business um, against great fighters um, in that division. So um, it was very uh, surprising uh, when she did that with Rose and um just kind of nervous um, because something like that, especially when you view a fighter like her as just a flat-out beast, 
and you see that beast tapping out the punches, you know, you could be a little bit nervous and rooting for them um, going on. So um, just really going to be interesting to see just how she can truly rebound um, from that. Uh, like you said, just where she's going to be at mentally um, and everything. So, yeah. And but, I think to go along with your questions, just because she's also a, a talkative champion that likes yeah. to, talk down to her opponents, I think that made it look a little worse. Yeah, very true. Now, what do you think about this fight, man? Who do you have uh, winning it? Man, I don't know. Just because, I mean, it, it was a dominant <laughs> win. That was, that yeah. was a dominant victory, so uh, I'm not doubting her anymore uh, from that. I mean, I, I know I thought she would be game, but I thought JJ would win that uh, fight by decision. Yeah, but uh, you know, Rose got in there, had no fear, got up in her face, and and did what she needed to do. So, uh, Champ is there, and then like I said, there's that question mark: what kind of JJ do we get? Yeah. Uh, so, I, I'm actually gonna pick the champion. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling the same way, man. I'm I'm gonna go with Rose. I like JJ. Um, like I said, she's a beast. Um, but it's just really the question is how she's gonna come out. Um, in that fight, is she going to be reluctant with her stand-up um, or anything like that? Because we already know with Rose, uh, she was not scared of her at all. Uh, she went in there and she was throwing those punches. She was willing to take some punches uh, from JJ um, in order to stun her um, and get that win over her and everything like that. So I just think with just confidence and everything, um, I, I, I got to go with Rose in this one. Are you you think it's going to be a knockout? Do you think it's going to go the distance or what? How you, how you thinking, man? Uh, I I do think if she wins, it's probably another finish. Yeah. Uh, I, I I guess I just want to see if uh, JJ has a different game plan for this because, like you said, Rose, she was willing to take some hits. She was willing to get in there, take those jabs to get in and do what she needed to do. And if she I I think she's going to have that same type of mindset. So yeah. it's it's up to JJ to make the next chess move. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, up next, we got to talk about Khabib versus Max Holloway. Man, this is a interesting matchup, man. Um, I, I was expressing with you earlier, man. I think Khabib he's going to go in there and handle business, uh, but. Uh, just what are your thoughts on this uh, fight, man? Um, are there any worries with you that either of these guys would end up um, missing weight or anything like that? Like, how confident are you that they both can make weight, um, especially with Max on this uh, such a short notice um, before the fight? Um, and just what are your thoughts on the fight, man? Yeah, I mean, if I had to worry about somebody missing weight, even though he's the lighter fighter, I would probably be worried about Max just because it's a short notice, like you said. Uh, I think Khabib kind of knows what's on the line right now. This is his chance at a title, which is what he's been fighting for. So I'm pretty sure his camp has done the work to make sure he's ready. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if any worries like that, I, I worry is Max, but I still doubt it. I think both of them come in fine for weight and this fight happens. Uh, as, as far as the fight itself goes, uh, I know off of first glance, I kind of felt like you did when you texted me about it, that uh, Khabib was just going to come and run through him. But 
Honestly, Max Holloway has some of the best takedown defense in MMA. Good point. Good point, yeah. I heard a crazy stat. I want to say it was Luke Thomas on Sirius XM. Max has stopped something like 23 out of the last 24 takedown attempts that happened on him. Wow. That's ridiculous. I mean, especially if you go back and look, I mean – Two of his fights for Jose Aldo, so of course there were going to be many takedown attempts there. But uh, Pettis tries to wrestle. Ricardo Lamas will re- wrestle you, and Jeremy Stevens has a wrestling background. So I mean that's that's going back some distance, and he's been basically unable to be taken down. Yeah. So uh, if he's able to do that and keep. Uh, could be from getting that takedown and using his elite striking. He he could have a shot here. I'm I'm not picking Max in this, but uh, it might be a little bit more surprising than people think if he's able to keep his back off the ground. Yeah, you brought up a good uh point with that man. Um, you know, with just with the whole takedowns and everything. Um. You know, Khabib, he's a guy that's going to try to take you down and everything. But it's also, man, he's a guy that's just going to get in your face and, you know, wail some punches at you and everything, too. Um, so I really want to see how Max uh, will be able to handle that um, as well um, for five straight rounds um, of Khabib. Um, if he can be able to, to do a great job, like you just mentioned, with those takedowns. Um but just going to be, this is an interesting fight, man. Like, um, just with these two guys, um, style, you know, Max, uh, has got a little chip on his shoulder, has a little arrogance with him when he gets up in the ring and can be, but just a straight up killer, man. He's with that, uh, bell rings. He's going to go up in there and just try to kill you. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see, um, if Max can go up in there and just handle business and pull this, uh, pull up a major win for him, but I, I'm i going to roll with Khabib in this one. Um, You think it's going to be a knockout? You think it's going to go the distance? Uh, what do you think? Uh, if if Khabib is able to get his hands on him, then yes, it's probably going to be a stoppage. Okay. He, if he gets you, he's basically impossible to get off of you. So. Yeah. Just keep thinking about my man Varvoza, man. I thought Varvoza was at least going to, you know, put up some type of fight against Khabib, dude, and Khabib just went in there and just destroyed him. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm very uh, excited to see what uh, Max Holloway will be able to do against a guy like Khabib, man. Now, you kind of brought it up earlier uh, before we got into the fights, um, you know, just with Ferguson, uh, with the bad luck between this Ferguson and Khabib uh, matchup. Um, do you think Dana should just scrap it? Um, you know, no more Ferguson Khabib talk or or what, man? Because it's like somebody's always pulling out uh, when these two get discussed. I mean, it's it's a fight that people do want to see. Yeah. So that's why it's it's tough not to try to make this fight because it is it is a it's a fight that I would love to see actually happen, but yeah, it does just seem like they're cursed. Every time this fight happens, something ridiculous happens to call it off. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess we keep trying, but just keep somebody on the back burner to step in each time. Yeah. Get that fighter just to go, hey, just in case. 
stay healthy. Yeah. Now, um, anything else to add for uh, UFC 223, man? No, nah, just excited for it. It should be a good one. Yeah, uh, same here. Uh, but we're still about to touch on a little bit of UFC. Uh, we're about to go right into Mayweather right now. Um, just what are your thoughts on him training for the UFC, man? Um, been talks that him and um, Tyron Woodley, uh, he's kind of been uh, teaching him a things or two um, in the octagon, uh, showing him uh, how to take uh, wrestling, things like that. Um, just what are your thoughts on Mayweather uh, training for the UFC, man? Do you think he's crazy or what? Well, yes. Yeah, I think he's crazy. If I know, I know as far as him boxing McGregor, I thought that was pretty much not going to happen, and I was I was shocked when it did. But I, Floyd, just he has to be hurting for money if he steps into a UFC. Right? <laughs> I don't get why he can do that. Yeah, for somebody that has meticulously picked opponents to make sure he stayed undefeated in boxing. Uh, has done everything possible to invo- avoid the embarrassment of taking that first loss. Why would he step into an octagon? Yeah. And, you know, just too, man, you're talking about money. Um, I could not see him making uh, nowhere near the money he made um, off of boxing uh, through the UFC. So, um, you know, just that alone, man. I just, I don't know what the guy, the guy has more to uh, lose than he has to gain, in my opinion, uh, by going in there and fighting in the UFC. So it's crazy. Well, I mean, if if they were able to get it done, I mean, Dana and the UFC, would this would be the one person they would have to bow down to and co-promote with for pay-per-view. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Floyd, would, he would get his points there to make his money. Yeah. And this, this would be the biggest UFC card in history if it happened. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, now, just in terms of him uh, fighting, now, a lot of people mention uh, McGregor. Um, but do you think McGregor should be his uh, first opponent, opponent, or do you think uh, he should get somebody lighter um, to go up against there that doesn't have nowhere near the experience as McGregor, just so he can kind of get a feel for it? And then, like, if he's able to beat the person, um, he could get McGregor next or something like that. Like, do you think he should have a, you know, like a field fight, or do you think he should just go in there and just fight McGregor? I mean, if it's if it's him, Duke, him and McGregor going, like, I'll fight you in your place since you fought me in mine. No, he shouldn't because McGregor didn't get that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I, I do think the transition from MMA to boxing is probably a little bit easier than vice versa yeah uh, but but no I mean for Floyd's sake he would probably want to take another fight just so we can see what he's getting into but yeah uh, if it was just to get to fight McGregor then no I would say they just go they both fight yeah somehow McGregor got licensed to fight a pro boxer when he shouldn't have been so I wouldn't say him happening in MMA yeah I can agree with that uh for sure, man. You know, McGregor went all out, so why not Mayweather, you know? Um, another thing uh, that's going on right now um, in the fight world in boxing um, is that Canelo versus Triple G, uh, that's the rematch, uh, has been called off. Um, just thoughts on that uh, being called off, man. It's a bummer. I mean, 
it's just really weird how how Canelo could get how he could pop twice, uh, yeah, or something. So I mean this this is probably one of the last big boxing matches we're gonna get. Uh, I know the heavyweights are getting a little bit of steam, so we might get like one one or two more big big fights in the next year or two, but. We we don't get many in the boxing realm these days. I mean, we've had to go to circus fights, like in going to the earlier topic and getting Floyd versus Conor McGregor to get a yeah. big prize fight, even though that was like just ridiculous. Yeah, uh, like th- this is one of the last fights between two highly skilled boxers that we might see for a while. So uh, it's it's saddening that it that it got called off. Yeah, man. Um, no, I, I feel the exact same way uh, with these two. Uh, probably the top uh, two guys in the um, realm of boxing uh, right now. Um, just look at their careers and what they were able to do in the ring. Um, so to see those two face off, you know, it was much anticipated. Um, it was going to be a fun fight to watch, uh, just like the first one. Um, you know, even though you had the horrible judges, but. Um, just would have been good for the uh, boxing fans to go out there and see it because, like you said, you know, there's not that many big name boxing fights, you know, going around right now that a lot of people want to see. So it's, uh, you know, it's very disappointing, man. Um, you know, I was just very uh, surprised with Canelo um, ending up, yeah, popping twice for that, man. I just, I don't know what in the world could have happened, but um just with that man do you think uh canelo do you think he's a dirty fighter or you think this was just complete accident on his uh part uh with him popping twice or what i was willing to believe it the first time off of the i've, I've heard about that happening uh in mexico where some of, if you have a, a beef product sometimes you, you you pop dirty for certain steroids but you would think after it happens once, he would smarten up and not eat beef products there. Like he has plenty of money. I'm pretty sure you have some shipped in from somewhere. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a little sketchy once it happens again. Yeah. Uh, I won't go as far as to call him dirty, but uh, it, 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 it seems like there's a little smoke there to, to cause the call for fire. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can agree with that, man. This is just uh, so shocking, um, you know, especially like you said, you know, if it happens once, um, you know, you can understand it's a mistake. But if you go around and you make the same mistake twice, like right after, um, you know, you can really start to have question uh, the guy's integrity and whatnot. So it's it's just it's very, very disappointing, man, uh just see that these uh, two are just not going to be in the ring, but you know, hopefully, um, everything gets settled out um, just down the road. Uh, they can end up fighting uh, later on or so. But just a huge disappointment for the boxing world uh, between those two. All right, man. Um, anything else uh, about boxing and UFC before we move on? No, like I said, it sucks that that one got called off, right? The only other fight I would li- only other boxing match I would like to see is basically Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. So, oh yeah, that's Sorry. that's about all I have as far as boxing goes. So, <laughs> sucks that this one got called off. Yeah. 
All right, now we're about to go right into some NCAA basketball. Got to get the man Ty up in here to talk about his squad, uh, Michigan versus Villanova. Um, guys, just what were your thoughts on that matchup? Do I have do, do I have to talk about it? <laughs> hey, go for it. <laughs> no, um, just a lot of flashbacks uh, for me personally. Uh, going back to 2013 when Michigan played Louisville. Um, you know, in Darnell, you, you can probably, you know, agree with everything I'm about to say, but you know, you got basically 48 hours leading up to what feels like the game of your life. And even as a fan, you feel like you're just hanging on it. Uh, you, you got 48 hours of anticipation and hype that is real and you you get to the game and I mean, you just, you feel like every play is the biggest play of the game. Um, whether it's for your team, for the other team, you just feel like everything's going to make a difference. And, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'll even talk about the final four matchup for Michigan just a little bit. Like Michigan was down seven at the half and I, and I, all I could think to myself, there's no way that they're going to lose to Loyola. Like if they lost to Loyola, I would have been unable to talk about this season probably forever. Mm. Like I, I would have felt awful if this team lost to Loyola, but they, they had a huge second half, um, played some really solid basketball and uh, made it to the final. You know, you watch Villanova just like a beating on Kansas. You're just thinking, you know, uh, like just oh no like the, you're walking into I mean unfortunately for Virginia they're going to be the butt end of a lot of jokes now but um, you know you're, you're easily walking into one of the three best teams in college basketball without question without discussion and uh, they're firing on all cylinders um, I think unfortunately for Michigan if, if you really look at it Michigan didn't play that bad um, they shot threes terrible, um, which in the end, you know, you could say shooting the three terrible was a difference maker. You know, I'll say it was, you know, it's definitely the reason they lost by 17 or whatever it was. But, um, you know, DiVincenzo just went off. Um, I couldn't help but thinking back to 2013 and Luke Hancock, yeah. uh, you know, just it always seems like one player steps up and shines. And unfortunately for me, it's always been someone on the other team. Now, granted 2013, you had the spike Albrecht experiment, but yeah, I think they left him in the game way too long in 2013. Uh, you know, you had the bad call on the block for Trey Burke in 2013. <clears throat> I'll never forget it. Um, that was just a bad call uh, in 2013, put him into foul trouble, which forced spike Albrecht back into the game. But uh you know, this year, Michigan just got beat by a better team. I don't think there's any excuse. I don't think there's any shame. Um, once Virginia lost in the first round, I think everybody was saying Villanova is the best team in the tournament. Um, you know, like I said, it sucks Steven Chenzo went off because Michigan held just about everybody else in check. I don't even think Brunson had 10 points. Um, yeah, I mean, Mikhail Bridges still had a really solid game. He had 19 uh, but DiVincenzo was the story. He was on fire. Uh, Michigan couldn't stop him. It's not like he was getting wide open looks. He, he was getting contested, 
he played a great game both ends of the floor, went up, stuffed Charles Matthews on, on what looked like it was going to be a massive dunk. And he just went straight up, two hands on the ball. Uh, it was totally clean. Uh, but, you know, hey, uh, Villanova was, you know, kind of in that top three all season long. Uh, Michigan had a great run, really, uh, before the national championship game. Last time they lost was in February, early February. Um, so, I mean, looking back at it, great run, a lot of great moments. The Jordan Poole shot will kind of always stand out forever in terms of Michigan basketball. And, uh, you know, whenever they show buzzer beaters in the tournament, that one will probably be on there. But, uh, you know, they just ran into a buzzsaw. That was Villanova, great team, well-coached, very fundamentally sound, can play both ends of the floor. Uh, I don't think there's, there's any shame in in the run they had and making it to the final and losing to Villanova. Uh, you know, I think it was just clear Villanova was the better team and everybody knew it. Uh, it showed on the floor. Um, you know, I guess just in terms of Michigan, uh, Muhammad Ali Abdurrahman had a very good game, uh, was quiet in doing it, mainly because DiVincenzo was going off the whole time. But I believe he had about 23 points. Wagner had about roughly 16. Yeah, Wagner uh, you know, was balling, man. I liked him. Yeah, he, he, had, he, had a, he had a good tournament. Uh, yeah. He had a couple really good games. Texas A&M game, he played well. Uh, he played very well in the uh, Loyola game. Uh, but, you know, I mean, looking back at it, it always sucks to lose. Uh, sucks to lose in the final you know you get that close but you know I'm, I'm not gonna say it was super disappointing I mean it's always disappointing on the surface level but when you really sit there and think about it like we weren't gonna beat Villanova um, I mean just a lot of different things would have had to have played out um, for Michigan to win that game and they they just weren't they're not as talented they don't have a cutthroat player uh, they're just a solid team where Villanova has a couple guys that could take over the game, and one did. So they lost to a better team. Uh, Villanova's very deserving of the national championship. Very good year. Uh, one of the dominant programs in the last five. Uh, so give it to Villanova. Uh, no shame for Michigan, but uh, just fell up short. Yeah, I mean, you can't say a bad thing about Michigan's season. 33-8, uh, and eight, running all the way to the title game. Uh, I mean, looking at this one, like it kind of, I identify with you, Ty, because it just, it felt like state's last finals game against North Carolina. Mm, yeah. It was just two teams that were good teams in their own right, but just one was just mm-hmm. level. Uh, Michigan played tight for the first four or five minutes, but then once Villanova settled in uh, and started hitting some shots, even Chesto came in and started just going crazy. Mm. And just saw, I was like, yeah, this this team is like a college version of the Warriors. They just have too many shooters. Oh, yeah. And and just Michigan was bad matchup for them, honestly. Yeah. Uh, especially when Michigan was on offense, actually. I, I felt mm-hmm. like that's where it hurt because, uh, what's his name, Simpson? Yep. And offensive liability. He uh, couldn't shoot. Terrible. Yeah, so uh, Villanova made the adjustments on defense to take away Wagner from U of M. They started using whoever was covering Simpson as the help defender. And mm-hmm. and that just made things that, – that just started the boulder rolling downhill, basically. Yeah, and, you know, where I'll definitely agree with you there, uh, Xavier Simpson's just uh, – 
like you said, offensive liability is the best way to put it. But I, you know, it, it sucks because he's the he's the catch twenty two. You take the terrible offense for the good defense. I mean, he he kept Brunson in check. Uh, he he really did. And uh, you know, I think you'll take the the really good defensive presence he brings, knowing. He's the offensive liability. I mean, I, I have no problem having him on the floor, especially in moments like that where you know he's going to play solid defense on the other team's best guard. Uh, but, I mean, when, you know, you have, you know, Xavier Simpson shooting threes, uh, not a good offensive possession for you at all. Uh, but, like you said, they, they did take Wagner away from a lot. Uh, but, I mean... I still think for as heavily guarded and as big of a concern as Wagner is, you know, or was for Villanova for him to still put up 16 and seven, still a really good game. Oh yeah, sure. Now, uh, just tab, man. Um, you know, obviously this was disappointing, uh, for you, man, just how your squad played and everything, but just looking at the future, man, how confident are you that this Michigan team could, uh, you know, repeat uh, Final Four or possibly make it back to the championship game um, soon? Uh, Did you see that possibly happening, or do you think this was their shot to do that, or what? Actually, I I think, and and I think that's a very fair question to ask, I think 2013 was the year to do it. Uh, I think everybody knew what they had with that 2013 team. I don't think anybody expected this team to make it to the final. Um, granted, we got a lot of help. Florida State beat Xavier. Uh, Texas A&M beat North Carolina. Uh, we would have faced a 9 or 11 seed in the Final Four. Like They just got help everywhere they needed it yeah. um, to kind of clear a path to the Final Four and ultimately the final. But um, I think that 2013 was the shot to win it. AP Player of the Year. Uh, I think they, that team had, what, four first-round four eventual first round picks, I believe Uh, like 2013 was the year to win it. Um, I still think Michigan had a very fair chance to win it this year. Um, Just, you know, granted it would have taken a way better performance from Michigan, but I still think, you know, you obviously, when you make it this far, you have a chance. Um, But in terms of moving forward, um, I don't see it necessarily being soon. Uh, Granted, you never know what's going to happen. You get into the tournament, few breaks go your way, just like this year. You make a couple shots that are just big time shots, and you get to the spot we were in this year. Um, I don't necessarily see it being soon. Um, although Michigan's recruiting class coming in is decent. Um, there's a kid coming out of Canada that I believe is a four or five star, depending where you look. Um, so I'm going to be very interested in seeing. Uh, what he brings next year, uh, you know, they get some solid players coming back, like Xavier Simpson. He'll probably improve offensively over the off season. Uh, they'll get Charles Matthews back. He'll kind of take over the team a little bit. John Teske took big strides this year, big seven footer. Um, you know, this kid coming out of Canada, they're getting a kid out of Lansing. Uh, Jordan Poole, Isaiah Liversible take bigger roles next year. So, it, I mean, the, the team's going to have something that'll take them a long way in its experience. Uh, but one thing I'm starting to learn is that with John Beeline, I don't think you can ever put him out of the question. So um, could, could it happen again? Yeah, it absolutely can. You'll need the help, but it, it can happen again. 
Um, Would I put my money on it? Probably not, just because it's so hard. Uh, I don't care what, and I think Darnell will agree with me here. You know, it doesn't matter what talent you have. I mean, Duke didn't make the Final Four. They come in with five stars every year. Michigan State, good recruiting class, didn't make it past second round this year. It, It just, anything can happen at any time. And to say, oh, yeah, I, I think it's going to happen, you'll probably be wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, uh, just looking at this tournament, um, where do you think this ranks up there with uh, the tournaments you've seen? Like, I know this is the craziest uh, tournament I've ever yeah. seen um, in my life, but just how pleased were you guys uh, with this uh, this year's March Madness uh, play, uh, just with the competitiveness um, and everything like that? Uh, I don't necessarily like to rank the tournaments because they're all great in their own way. Um, sure. This year, you kind you kind of had the stories. This year, you know, Loyola making it to the Final Four as an eleven seed. Uh, everyone was following them and Sister Jean the whole way. Um, you know, kind of you had the uh, what University of Baltimore County or whatever they were. Yeah. Uh, you know, UMBC beating. Uh, Number one seed 16 beating a one for the first time. Great story. Um, you know, you had some really good individual play in the tournament as well. You know, you had uh, uh, the uh, guard for Houston. Uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, if you're a Houston fan, you know, you had Michigan beating you on the last second miracle shot. But their guard was going to take the tournament by storm if they if Michigan didn't make that shot. Um, you know, you had just good stuff everywhere you looked um you know will it go down as one of the better tournaments ever i mean probably not but uh no matter where you looked at this tournament you were seeing something good um loyola always kept it interesting to the very end there were a lot of games that came down to the wire not so many so many not uh, so much a lot of buzzer beaters but you know games were coming down toward the end and you know they were pretty good Uh, i think probably one of the more interesting things about it was, you know, after like the opening weekend, there were no more perfect brackets. Like it was just a very unpredictable year. You feel the same way, Darnell? But uh, just real quick, man, um, just shout out uh, to the city of, uh, we'll just, uh, Philadelphia and everything, man. How yeah. they were uh, just turned two around two. real quick. Uh, Villanova, you know, they won a championship uh, two years ago. Um, prior to this mm-hmm. one, um, I believe. Um, Eagles, nobody had them uh, really on their radar or anything before uh, the NFL season start. Uh, they came out with a bang, and the Seventy Sixers team um, too, uh, looking great as well, man. So, pretty safe to say uh, they're. Probably the hottest city um, in sports right now. Um, just comes yeah. competitive and winning right now. So, just shout out to them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we have to worry about them for baseball, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's what's next. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's get right into some NBA, man. Um, right now, uh, we were having a discussion uh, early on in the season talking about James Harden. Possibly being the uh, clear MVP, um, just with how he's mm-hmm. been playing. He's had an absolutely phenomenal year, man. But it's also this guy, uh, 
in the league by the name of LeBron James. He's also had a phenomenal year, man. And he made a case saying that, hey, you know, I will vote for uh, myself. You know, he's having a phenomenal <laughs> year, um, especially just with all the drama and, you know, the injuries and stuff that's been going on with his team, uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers, as he was able to stay focused and not have in- any injuries um, so far, anything like that, uh, been completely healthy and just balling. Um, you still would give the MVP to Harden, man, or do you think uh, LeBron should get it? Just what are your thoughts on him saying that, you know, he should get the MVP? Yeah, I, I mean, I would always expect LeBron James to say he deserves the MVP. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to expect him to say anything different, and I would not expect James Harden to say anything different. You know, if, if you're if you're one of the top, you know, five or six players in the NBA, I think you should believe that you're the MVP. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have no problem with that. Uh, but would I give it to James Harden? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at 30 plus points a game. Uh, you're taking over the Western Conference from a dominant Warriors over the last three, four years. Yeah. Um, clinched the number one seed already. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that James Harden this year has led not only, you know, the best team in the NBA, but he's, you know, first in points per game, third in assists per game, uh, just offensively. And unfortunately, you know, if you're good offensively, you're in the MVP race. If you're good defensively, you're not. Yeah. Uh, so his defensive stats don't even matter. So if you're looking at someone who's first and third, um, now, granted, LeBron's third and second in terms of points and assists, respectively. But I know I think being the number one seed in the Western Conference, you know, I, I say it about the Heisman all the time. Where your team is at determines a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I, I believe it's the same for uh, NBA as well. Uh, granted, I think last year, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, what he was able to do, average a triple double, was phenomenal you know it, yeah it, it was an anomaly yeah uh but you know i i think where he's at this year statistically versus where his team's at in the standings will make the difference and yeah i think he deserves the mvp yeah i feel the exact same way man just with his stats and um just the position um where his team is right now uh um in the west uh, against that dominant warriors team um uh, it's just so uh, yeah, I, I would have to give it to him. Uh, no disrespect to LeBron or anything like that, you mm-hmm. know, top ten greatest player of all time. But um, just with how James Harden has been able to just handle his business, man, and get that team some wins, uh, I would have to give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, who do you think is rookie of the year? Uh, before you pick, man, I just have to say I'm very <sighs> impressed. Uh, with this rookie uh, oh, class, man. I, absolutely. I, I was not expecting it to be, you know, just this uh, good, you know, mm-hmm. coming into the season. But, man, we had some guys that have balled oh, yeah. out oh, uh, yeah. this year for the rookies. So, uh, very fun to see, man, and very mm-hmm. looking forward to see what these guys are going to be doing um, down the road as they continue to develop mm-hmm. their game. Yeah, th- this is going to be a two-part answer for me. It's going to be – who do I think is going to win it? And who do I think should win it? Hmm. Okay. Who do I think is going to win it? Ben Simmons. Um, I think Philly kind of has the eye of the sports world right now. You know, the uh, 
looks like the 76ers are most likely going to be the four seed. That means they'll get a first round uh, home court. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time the Sixers made the playoffs? Uh, I don't minute, even think man. I can. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> think I can answer that question. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Great year from Simmons, getting some triple doubles in there. Yeah, uh, 15, some highlight eight and eight. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Some highlight plays. Uh, definitely good player. Uh, Going to be well deserving of it if he wins it. Yeah. Who would I want to see win the award? Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, dude's been balling. Uh, you know, I think he has been the one player that I think has stood out most for me in this uh, in this rookie class. Um, mainly because I think we all expected Ben Simmons to kind of be this way. Yeah. Um, but Donovan Mitchell averaging over 20 points. Um, I mean, honestly, that at all. No, I mean, honestly, he's not high enough in assists. He's not high enough in rebounds or anything like that. He's not high enough in any other stats, but I think what Donovan Mitchell has brought to the Utah jazz has been phenomenal. And I think he's been the one player where you kind of pinpoint and and kind of say, you know, he's the, he's, he's the player that's standing out. He's making highlight plays almost, almost every night. Um, you know, I think he'll definitely be a guy down the line. Uh, once some of these veterans kind of clear out a little bit, that could make an all, a few all-star teams. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I really like the way he plays. Um, I just know, you know, it takes more than just points per game. Yeah. Uh, it, it takes, you know, good team record, which I mean, the Jets have, but you know, being at 3.6 assists, 3.6 boards, you're going to need a little more in one of those two categories. Yeah. Uh, especially right now to compete with Simmons. But I think Simmons will win the award. I'd like to see Donovan Mitchell win it. Yeah. This too, uh, just to bring up a point too, man, you've talked about position. Um, you know, the West is very competitive right now, but the mm-hmm. Utah Jazz, man, are sitting at the fourth spot um, oh, yeah. right now, man. And, you know, they lost the beast. Um, and Gordon last year uh, coming. So it was interesting to see how, you well, know, their players were going to get filled and everything yeah, like that. And he just came out and just delivered for the team and putting points up for him and everything. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to dig too deep into this, but yeah, yeah you, you're right. <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I agree with you uh, 100%. Um, you know, I I think they're going to give it to Simmons. Um, you know, a whole lot of people, you know, they question that being that, you know, whether he's a rookie or not because, you know, he, yeah. he was injured and everything like that. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, if you're out there having the experience and stuff like that with being around the players and stuff, it could help to your game. Here's a question for you. Do you think rookies should be defined as drafted first year in the league injury or not hmm do you think if if you are drafted that is your rookie season no matter what that is a good question man and and, and i kind of wish darnell was in on this maybe we can ask him next week yeah but we do that because i do have a small issue 
with it. The fact that, you know, there, there's going to be a guy in the NBA around the talent, around the coaching, around the training. You know, yes, Simmons was injured, didn't see the floor. Yeah. I get it. But he's still getting all the valuables. Yeah, exactly. That a kid in college is not that comes in the following year and is still deemed a rookie. Yeah. Personally, I would be more in favor of first year drafted is your rookie season, whether you play or not. Yeah. That would that would be me. I, that's what I would lean toward. Yeah, I, I can agree with that for sure, man, because, you know, just with, you know, even though you're injured, you know, you're seeing, you know, how the players play and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You're looking at film. Um, you're still developing as a player, you know, whether may not be as fully um, as physically as you want because you're rehabbing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But mentally, um, your basketball IQ is just getting so much higher just from being around those players and everything like that. And um, even though Simmons was injured, I really do believe he benefited a lot um, just from oh, yeah. being around those guys and stuff like that. So I, I, I can, I can agree Absolutely. with that man for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. definitely would not have a problem with that if they did that. Yeah. Um, but just to, man, I got to give a shout out to my dog. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's going to get it, but Lori marketing, man, I'm, I'm a fan of, mm. Hey man, that guy has some game. Uh oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He uh he reminds me of just a white guy, man, to be picking up, man. You don't really expect anything <laughs> yeah. game. Like that dude has game, man. He is a fun basketball player to watch. So, you know, me, I had him on my fantasy team and everything, so I was really, you know, wired into him watching him play. Uh yeah. whenever he was on and everything. But that guy mm-hmm. is he's a fun basketball player, so I had to give a shout out to him. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Now for the most improved player, man, is this safe to say we both have Victor Oladipo? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's been phenomenal this year. I got an article pulled up that I was going to reference a little bit from, uh, I believe it's Sporting News. Um, he's averaging almost eight more points a game. Wow. Uh, let me let me see here. It says Victor Oladipo averaging 7.9 more points per game, dishing out almost two more assists, um, w- one more board, one more steal a game, shooting 47% from the field. That's insane. You know, 36% from three. Uh, I mean, he's he's been awesome to watch this year, um, yeah. especially from last year. I mean, I don't think, uh, you know, he was disappointing last year. He was just a rookie, you yeah. know. Um, but this year, yeah, definitely took some big strides. Uh, somebody else that I would not mind putting in into this discussion, probably a little more seriously than he actually is being put in there, but it's Clint Capella. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I think Chris Paul was a difference and a half for him. Uh, a guy that can legitimately play the pick and roll. Uh, and no offense to Harden, but wouldn't shoot it every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but uh, more than that, I mean, you're looking at Click Capella defensively. Um, you know, he's just killing it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think he's turning into one of the more 
underrated and undervalued players in the NBA. I mean, now granted, Houston is going to value him for all he's worth. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think he's playing himself into potentially a pretty good contract um, yeah. once he hits free agency. Yeah, I can agree with that, definitely. Um, but I would definitely put Oladipo as my my front runner for sure. Yeah, and uh, just some about Oladipo, man. Just um, I kind of wonder how much, um, if at all, uh, because you know he was playing with Westbrook last year, um, mm. and you know Westbrook had that just outstanding season with those triple doubles and everything. Um, kind of just right. wondered, you know, kind of how did if Westbrook's um play kind of hindered. Oladipo's oh. play a little bit because you had this guy just going out there getting all these points, all these assists, all these boards oh, sure. and everything like that. Then when he left, um, you know, goes to the Pacers, you know, you really see how just talented Oladipo was. So, um, you know, I understand sure. Westbrook's a beast and everything like that, but um, did he kind of like hurt um, Oladipo's development um, in a way? Or Oh, I, I would definitely say absolutely. I don't think there's any discussion there. Yeah. Um, I mean, let, let's put it this way. On the depth chart, who backs up LeBron James? On the depth chart, who backs up James Harden? On the depth chart, who backs up Steph Curry? Those yeah. are the names we we will never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and it's it, it, honestly, there's nothing wrong with it because those players are great. And I don't think there's any arguing that they are going to be great players, you know, forever. Yeah, uh, it's just the idea that sometimes a player needs the chance to shine. Yeah, um, another player that's going to at least be mentioned in the most improved player is going to be Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, uh, for the for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, yeah. he has stepped up this year. Um, you know, he's averaging. Um, he went from averaging seven point three points to almost fourteen a game. So he's doubling his productivity or better in almost every category. Yeah. I mean, you're just looking at someone who was given the opportunity. Yeah. And it sounds very cliche, but I am all for a lot of these players who don't get a ton of play time, who don't, you know, necessarily have a formed career yet to want to go to a tanking team just to build their stock. Yeah. I am all for that for some of these younger guys. Like if, if a young player were to get drafted into, uh, you know, as of right now, you'd be looking at Brooklyn. You'd be looking at even the Lakers. Like look at Kyle Kuzma, a guy that was on nobody's radar coming into the draft, goes to a team that isn't really playing for a whole lot this year. And look at him. Yeah. People love him. Very you true. know, it's it, it, to me, it's just the idea that we're, we're looking at, we're looking at guys who are getting the opportunity because of where they're at. Yeah. And and I think that it's fantastic. I mean, even Oladipo. I mean, nobody expected the Pacers to be a whole lot this year. Yep. Trading away Paul George. Yeah. You're thinking they don't got much. Oladipo steps in and becomes a killer. Um, it, it's it's all about opportunity and who's going to make the most of it. Oladipo's making a ton of it. Uh, you can say Dinwiddie's making a ton of it. Uh, you know, you're looking at Capella, who's making a ton of it with everybody that's around him. Um, you know, just I, I think, you know, most improved player comes to who has the best opportunity. Yeah. And and you're looking at a couple of guys who were given that opportunity and are making the most of it. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, who do you think is coach of the year? 
Um, do we both agree with D'Antoni? I might actually take a little bit of a different direction from you on this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, will I be shocked if D'Antoni wins it? No, not okay. at all. Um, I think I just want to be a little different on this one. And once again, it's a two-part. Yeah. Who do I think is going to win it? Uh, I have a 1A and a 1B. 1A is probably D'Antoni. So okay. th- that's where I agree with you. My 1B is probably Dwayne Casey. Uh, Ooh, for the Toronto Raptors. One, yeah. Um, I mean, you're looking at Cleveland and you're looking at Boston who are sitting below them in the standings. Yeah. In the Eastern Conference. Uh, don't think many people saw that. Uh, I didn't. Ne- didn't expect I it. I did not going to admit that. Yeah. So uh, I think he would be a very, very strong candidate. Um, once again, I'm going to go back to who do I want to see win it? Uh, probably uh, Dan Quinn from the Jazz. You lose, you lose Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Uh, you have nobody on their team who is deemed a star. I don't think you even have anybody on their team that did they even have an All Star this year? No, I don't even like think so, like on, on, honestly, like yeah. they don't. If you look at their roster, they don't have a lot going for them. Yeah. And they're the fourth seed in the West in a very competitive Western Conference. Yeah. Um, I mean, let let me just look at their depth chart real fast. I got it right here. Starting lineup of Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert, Joe Inglace, Ricky Rubio, and Donovan Mitchell. Not very impressive. Yeah. Probably one of the teams that's doing the most with the least. And and that's not a slam on them. That's actually a compliment. <laughs> the yeah. fact that you could be the fourth in the West throwing that starting lineup out there every day, <laughs> like yeah. that. That's that's pretty 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 impressive. Forty five yeah, and thirty three. I mean, I, I think there's going to be a lot to be said for Dan Quinn there in the Jazz. Don't think he'll win it because you know, like we said, D'Antonio's taken or D'Antoni's taken the West uh, out of the hands of Gold State. Dwayne Casey's taken the East out of the hands of Cleveland. And Boston, who a lot of people thought were going to be one two. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think Dwayne Casey's a stronger candidate there, uh, but I think Dan Quinn's going to, you know, could be very deserving, and I think he'll be in the discussion. Yeah. Good points, man. Um, you know, uh, with Casey and Quinn, uh, very good choices. Just me, I, ju- I just think they're going to give it to uh, Mike D and uh, mm-hmm. Tony. Um, oh, no, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Very. Uh, I was very shocked. You know, with this team this season, man, with them getting Chris Paul, I did not think it was going to work. And uh, this guy, man, is an offensive genius, man. He knows how to just get stuff done. Um, and this team has just been absolutely successful when uh, Chris Paul, uh, Harden, and um, the center, um, what's his name? Um, we were just talking about this. Uh, Capella, yeah. Capella. Yeah. When those three are on the um, – court together um they're just absolutely unstoppable and for them to uh take the first place uh spot from the warriors a team that's just mm-hmm. been dominating basketball for the last couple of years um i just think they're gonna just give it to them man so oh for sure yeah but all right uh 
just to uh gotta talk about my man Kawhi uh Leonard again. This whole situation is just absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Um you wanna talk about things you didn't expect. Um I did not expect this whole situation between him and the Spurs to be going down like this, but mm-hmm. um there are teams out there right now that are possibly looking to trade for Kawhi Leonard. Um just who are some teams that you think would uh should be offering trades for Kawhi and uh who do you think like will benefit the most from it? Yeah, you know, I think at this point, uh, I think looking at quote unquote super super teams, if you will, yeah. uh, not out of the question. I mean, you're looking at Carmelo, Westbrook, Paul George on one team, and it, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's working out. Yeah. So you know, one spot that I don't necessarily want to say I'd be shocked by uh, could potentially be Cleveland. Um, they have some nice trading pieces still, uh, you know, without having to give up a LeBron. Um, you know, I think that is a very reasonable destination. Um, another team I think that could potentially do it. Don't know that they will because we don't know what, uh, Gordon Hayward is going to turn out to be with them, but the Boston Celtics yeah. talk about a team with draft picks and actual talent on their roster, because uh, they could easily give up, you know, a Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, yeah, uh, mixed in with a couple other guys in a draft pick, yeah, um, and that would be very appealing. Um, but uh, you know, another team that would also have draft picks as well as some young talent would be the Seventy Sixers. Uh, you know, we're looking at, you know, like draft picks are kind of king in the NBA right now. Um, Not so much the player. So if you have the draft picks to trade, you're in the running for anybody. Um, So really, if you want to look at somebody, look at a team that just has a lot of draft picks piled up over the next three years. Yeah. That's, that's who you're looking at for possible landing spots for any of the big stars that are not a free agent. Yeah. Um, I won't say the Lakers because I think the Lakers will be in the front running for Paul George. Yeah, because uh, it already kind of leaked out that Paul George isn't going to return to Oklahoma City next year. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, uh, I have not saw that, man. Uh, yeah, I, I at least I saw something that said you know he's already hinting and not coming back. Um, he'll cash out. He'll get a payday. Uh, won't be shocked if he ends up in L.A. Yeah. Um, I know you've been talking about that for a few years now, but yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, happens. yeah, wouldn't be wouldn't be shocked, but uh, you know. If I had to, you know, I don't want to say where I think he'll land because I think he could land just about anywhere. Yeah. But let's be real. He could stay with the Spurs. Very true, man. I, I think, man, the Spurs would have be stupid as hell to get rid of that guy. Oh, man. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. They, whether they need to, whether it's, you know, true that they're having problems or whatever, they need to go to a nice, expensive steakhouse or something and sit down <laughs> and talk their problems over or something because that guy's just too yeah. talented uh, to just part ways with that team, man. Um, yeah. That that is just a once-in-a-lifetime guy, man. You're not going to oh, come yeah. out there, uh, get like a Kawhi Leonard um, like that. Yeah. You know, you, you got to use that guy to and have him on your team when you get him, man, because those sure. guys are – very rare, rare. So, just um, unfortunate what's been going on with uh, the whole Spurs and Kawhi with the whole situation. But yeah, hopefully it'll be resolved, man. 
But all right, man. Um, anything uh, else to add for NBA or UFC or anything like that, man? Um, not really. You know, uh, I think card. Um, you know, hopefully I'll check it out a little bit. Yeah, uh, that that'd be the plan. But uh, you know, uh, college basketball was fun. It was another great season. A lot happened. Yeah. Uh, I think next year is going to be a lot of fun for college basketball. We're getting some really fun recruits coming in. Yeah. Um, uh, did, did they release the like rankings and stuff and everything? They, no, or they won't release rankings until uh, sometime during the college football season. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, that makes but, sense. You got plenty but I mean, we're, we're looking at, you know, your obvious teams toward the top. Yeah. Um, but, you know, next year, you know, I'm Duke's going to be a team. You're going to want to watch at every opportunity. Yeah. Um, one name that's going to stand out big time next year, Zion Williamson. Um, have you have you looked him up, Trey? Oh yeah, I, I was talking, telling Darnell. Um, yeah. Uh, about him last week, man. Like I, I was looking up his uh, highlight reel, dude. Uh, it, it looked like some NBA Street Volume Three games. Oh, like, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, definitely. Uh, college basketball is going to be a lot of fun next year. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it'll, and plus it'll be uh, good. Shaq's son too is going to be. Yeah, Sharif. Yeah, yeah he'll Sharif. be playing at UCLA next year. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of good stuff coming in next year. So. Uh, definitely looking, ex- you know, looking forward to that. Um, you know, I had a great run with Michigan this year. Something I'll always remember. Yeah. Um, you know, y- you never forget when your team makes the run. Yeah. Um, it's always fun. It's always exciting. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'll I'll be thinking about that one for a while. Yeah. Uh, ne- next year will roll around, and then we'll you know start focusing on that a little bit more. But. Uh, then in terms of the NBA, season's wrapping up quick. Playoffs yeah. are starting up, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see uh, what pans out there and who makes it toward the uh, conference finals. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, man, um, you know, because you did a bracket where you had Michigan um, winning it all. Um, you okay. know, Obviously, you had them going to the uh, finals. So, But just how mm-hmm. how overall, just how was that bracket, man? Like, who did you have uh, them playing uh, for the championship oh. and everything? Uh, I and how yeah, was, let, was let me yeah, let me pull that up real fast. I I got it right here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in reality, none of my brackets were that great this year. Yeah, um, I don't think anybody's you know, and, was. No, man, to be fair, yeah, so. yeah, you know. Um, let me pull up the one I had Michigan in the final in. Uh, I had Michigan playing Villanova. Okay. No, nope. Lied. Oh. I had Michigan. I had uh, I had Purdue beating Villanova there. I had okay. Michigan playing Purdue. Um, okay. Purdue in their second round, first or second round game, lost their starting center. Yeah. I, Isaac Hawes, he like broke his arm or something. I don't even Collarbone know. What or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know what happened to him, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. But they lost him early on, and it kind of, he was a big factor. That was a huge, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a big blow. Big blow. But, um, you know, that bracket, I went a little more off the cuff, uh, you know, had Arizona in the final four. That was a fail. Yeah. Had Purdue in the final four. It just didn't work out. And then I had Duke. Um, okay. Duke, Duke was, you know, a Grayson Allen halfway down shot from making the final yeah. four. Um, which I was still, I'm still kind of surprised that shot didn't fall, to be quite honest with you. But, uh, yeah, I mean... My final score wasn't too far off. I had uh, 
Michigan beating Purdue in the final once again, but I had the score being 70-64 and the final score 79-62. I mean, oh, I wasn't okay. I wasn't too far off for a final score, but uh, you know, yeah, every year I always have Michigan winning the championship just in case. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. But I'll I'll tell you what, my fiance filled filled a bracket out this year. Uh hers ended up fairly decent. Uh her final four was Loyola Chicago. Ooh. Michigan. So she got that side perfect. But then she also had Purdue and Duke. Um you know, she doesn't really follow it, but you know, she still had some fun doing it. So uh but I mean she got she had she had Michigan winning it all. Her final score was a little bit off, fifty four forty seven, but Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, no, she she had a good time and did fairly well actually. So you know, we'll, uh, we move forward to, to next year, and I will continue to watch that Jordan Poole buzzer beater and smile every time I see it. Yeah, I bet, man. <laughs> yeah, n- nothing beats a moment like that. Yeah, for sure. But all right, guys, as always, I appreciate y'all for tuning in to the show. Uh, you can check this podcast out on Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, just hit us up in that search engine. We should pop up. Also, feel free to check us out on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. We'd love to hear back from you guys. But as always, we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace.